Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I'm your host, Tyler. And I am your co-host, Tyler. RWD is our podcast where we argue, debate, and post on Instagram into the void. Yeah, that is the thing the kids do these days. The youths. The youths do. We post about various aspects of D&D 5th Edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast or following us where? Everywhere? No, it's the Instagram handle, dummy. Oh, uh, RWD underscore podcast. Couldn't get it as one word, huh? Uh, I didn't want it as one word. I didn't, I didn't like the way it looked. Oh. Like, I'm sure I could have just done one word. Yeah. RWD podcast. You're, you're, you're ruining the thing. brand. But it, it looked really ugly that way. You're ruining the brand. So, sir. so, well, from what I, when I did my research on the grams, I've learned that things that are clearly read, uh, clearly legible, you know, that you can read easily mm-hmm. are good. So the separation's good. So a lot of underscores get used. Also, lowercase, don't capitalize lowercase is also the way. I mean, go. our Twitter handles RWD podcast, our SoundCloud handles RWD podcast. Yeah. Our, our Instagram Gmail is RWD podcast is... with an <laughs> underscore in there. RWD podcast. You're ruining the brand. Someone else yeah. is going to take RWD podcast Instagram and pretend to be us. Uh, may they get as many followers as we do. Yeah. I wish them then the we best can steal luck. them. It'll be wonderful. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we, I guess we have an Instagram till posts things. I have no idea what, frankly. Daily memes. Memes is good. Literal daily memes. That's it. One a day to keep the doctor away. Okay. Well, that's working. But not the actual doctor. He is following. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's a thing. Um, it is cold in the world. Very. So I, I hope everybody's safe, even people in Texas. Yeah, not are... not giving away what I do, but this storm has pretty much shut down my company, even though we are not ourselves adversely affected by the cold. Yes, yes. Uh, I I had a pseudo day off because of the snow. It was very nice. But you know we could, we still can record a podcast regardless of the weather. And we have a mission today we to did. complete our journey from last week. Was it last week? Was we last started week? a mission and we now get to finish it just like in our actual D&D game. Chapter 9 Optional Rules Dungeon Master's Workshop. We got most of the way through this stuff. Some hits, some misses, uh, some things that we're going to try. What? So, it, remind me, what did you want to try from this in your game? Uh, there were several things. Several things came up that I will be implementing the next time I go around. Probably my favorite that we talked about already were, was the, uh, the slower natural healing, but not like the gritty realism slowness of the healing. Where you have to use hit dice to regain hit HP yeah, no matter what. Yeah, the short what. rest doesn't give you hit points back. Long rest, you use hit dice. Yes. Yeah, I like so that far, a lot. That was that was up there as one of the one of the good ones. One that I will definitely be implementing um, in my next game. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to make a you know compassion ability score. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some things there. But we're going to jump into combat options now. Yes. Um, this options in this section provide alternative ways to handle combat. The main risk of adding some of these is slowing down play. So mm. right there, no go, right? Mm. I don't want to slow down gameplay. So have you ever 
tried playing first edition. I have not. So I don't remember where it was. I think it was a con or something that I saw a group playing it. I did not myself play because I'm not going to hop into such a thing. Um, but they were using essentially turn by turn initiative with modifiers, just like as described in this part here. And it, 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 in my opinion, ruined the game, but they seem to be having a blast. So I guess to each their own. Well, that's one of them, which we're going to cover. But yeah. the very first one, because it, it's initiative variance, is the very first mm-hmm. section here. Yeah. So initiative, as we all know, DM says roll initiative. Everybody rolls a dexterity initiative check. You know, 10 plus your dex, plus any other modifiers you have. And technically, with a tie, it's the person with the higher dex wins a tie, right? I think that's right. And you uh, go, you well, go. I mean, again, that depends. A lot of that time, you can get house ruled. Sometimes yes. it's the higher, you know, dexterity score. And Sometimes you use free roll. Tracking know, initiative is one of the banes of many groups, right? Hey, hey, a digitally much easier. Yes, it is. B, we found a way. We got our tracking board, and it we worked got, out really I know, well. I know. I'm just. I'm not say, I didn't say our group. I said many groups. Even the most famous group, Critical Role, they have a little flagpole. That Travis uh-huh. puts the names on, <laughs> right? Yes. Because yes. once you have enough, like if it's more than just four people, like three players and a DM, that's a perfectly manageable thing until the DM starts adding a bunch of monsters and then you add a f- yes. fourth or a fifth player, right? It's, it gets really yes. complicated. Um, just remembering who goes so. when. So the first one in here is an initiative score, which is something you've tried before, right? I believe so. And that is simply that each character has an initiative score of 10 plus dex. And that's it. I'm, think, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think. I don't think it was for a D&D game. I feel like that was for oh, maybe a, a Pathfinder? No. I don't know. You have a, you had a fractal number on your... <clears throat> oh, no. That's that's for using the score to break ties. Okay. okay, okay. So this is, this is... There's no rolling. Yeah. Your your monster's initiative is fixed, and everybody else's initiative is fixed. Which, you know, I think it's not the worst thing. It is just a thing. Um, I think it simplifies combat. You you know exactly when your teammates will go in relation to you. You don't necessarily know the enemies, but you know that if you have a plus five to your decks, you're probably going to be one of the first people to go. Sure. Which, so. I feel like in a low combat campaign could be good i was actually to say the inverse in a high count like if you're fighting a lot this saves a lot of time with the rolling and the setting up of the initiative every single combat like if you have two or three combats in a session every session this might be a good alternative for you for time save but your combat like your opening salvo of every combat is the same then yeah the rogue of the ranger they go first yeah maybe your fighter goes then the Uh monsters go after that Mm-hmm. then maybe the casters beat the monsters who knows and then your healers and your tanks are going to go last yeah and that's always going to be the case mm-hmm. as opposed to those really exciting moments where the healer is like i i somehow rolled a 21 in my initiative i guess i'm gonna hey, get to attack because i don't have to heal yet i hey i i will always vote for rolling initiative so you know so, who doesn't I mean, love to roll initiative this is a balance that's the one that's the one role in the entire game where you want to do well but if you don't do well you don't feel like shit Yes, it's uh, it has stakes, but they're not very high. Yeah, like you know, you'll still get a turn, 
you just might be last. So we're in favor of rolling. This has this has no rolling. And we're like, wait, that's a whole D and D is all about rolling. So no. Mm-hmm. So next one is side initiative. So I get it, especially if you are a DM that likes to run horde combat, where you've got you know ten to twenty enemies going against the party every time. I think this makes sense in that situation because you don't want to roll 10 to 20 individual initiatives every time. So this is each side of the encounter rolls a D20 for their initiative. Yeah. So <clears throat> no modifiers. There will be two sides. There might be three if there's some weird combat happening. Right. Um, you re-roll in a tie, but it's like everybody on one side goes, then everybody on the other side goes. I ultimately dislike it because it doesn't really represent the flow of combat. No. And I feel like it heavily punishes someone with a high dex and favors people with a low dex. And then how does the alert feat work inside initiative? Maybe you get an advantage on your D20. I don't know. Like it just, it just feels weird. It, it, feels it is. Weird. It does take away an element of like, well, I, my, I took this character because this feature, right. Having advantage on initiative, like for the ranger, you know, things like yeah, that. Yeah, No rangers get uh certain rangers get their wisdom added. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain wizards get their intelligence added. Like there's plenty of people that get boosts to their, uh, you know, initiative along with just range characters that have high dexes. And it, it normalizes or equalizes, you know, the, the stone golems initiative shouldn't be nearly as high as the rogues, right? Yeah. But there might be, there's a 50-50 shot that it's better and he goes first. Yep, exactly. So I, I I do use a version of this when I have a lot of little characters. I'll just put them in a group. Like, they're all going to go at once. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's very little chance that them all going at once, you know, destroys the group. So it's no big deal. Um, but the, the one thing about this that it encourages is that players decide their own order within the side. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have four players in the group, you know, rogue caster, healer tank. They can go in a different order every turn, but still on the same side. See what's interesting is, and they don't really bring it up in here anywhere, but once upon a time, and we've talked about this outside of this show, you know, they used to be able to drop initiative. You used to be able to say, okay, you know, I rolled a 21, but I want to go after this guy. So I will drop my initiative to 10 and I'll, I'll go on the 10 count from now on. I do think that would be kind of cool. A version of that, you know, you roll, everybody rolls initiative and before combat starts, the players say, Hey, I know I rolled a 21, but I want to drop to 16. And that's, that's your initiative for the rest of the encounter. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like, you know, back in third edition, you could do it. I, okay. I dropped to after. I dropped to after so-and-so's turn. Okay, next turn, I dropped to after so-and-so's turn. Like, you fall further and further back to, mm-hmm. like, optimize. I think there's a, a, a room. There's room. There's wiggle room in there um, to, like, you know, I rolled a 21, but I can choose a lower initiative. Yeah, and that helps <clears throat> characters like uh, like rogues that might not get advantage on their first attack but need something to trigger sneak attack. Well, they're going to drop to after the fighter goes so that the fighter gets up there, and then they'll go and get the attack. Maybe that's a cool homebrew. Who knows? Yeah. So. Uh, speed factor. Th- this is absurd. And I don't know why they call it speed factor. I don't really know why they call it speed factor either. Isn't it the inverse? Uh, speed factor is an option for initiative that introduces more uncertainty into combat at the cost of speed of play. Under this variant, the participants in battle roll initiative each round. 
each round. <clears throat> Before rolling, each character or monster must choose an action. So I like that. I think that's neat. Yes. Yeah, so so that that ties in a lot with how things used to be. Like once upon a time, you would write down what you were gonna do, fold it up, and put it to the side, and everyone would roll, and you'd set your and you'd get your order, and then everyone would read what they set out to do. And if that action was no longer possible because of what happened in the turns prior to yours, then you could like tweak it to fit your scenario. But even still, like just there's so much to do and remember with all of this. And there's modifiers to yes. the initiative rolls. Yes, the, the initiative modifiers. Now, this I actually kind of like. Yes. I, I, I appreciate this kind of thing because creatures with you know light armor and weapons should go before heavily armored, heavy weapon wielding tanks. That's but but at the same time, you know, it could be good, could be bad. Ultimately, there's so much to remember with this that it's just really digging into the minutia of something that has very little bearing on the actual fight. This is dramatically complexifying initiative. Yeah. Like, and I uh, I don't necessarily like the table. Again, for those of you who care, this table is on page 271, speed factor initiative modifiers. You know, they make sense on the face of it, right? If I have a, if I'm spell casting, you know, a big spell takes me longer to get ready, whatever. But then you have the size ones. Tiny creatures get a higher bonus. Gargantuan creatures get a higher penalty. What about snails, man? Snails are tiny. They don't have a higher initiative. Yeah, they do. Turtles. What about a giant snail? There you go. There, well, there you go. Or like Sna- a dragon. A dragon's not going to have flail a minus snails. eight on initiative. Flail snails would go slowly. Flail snails go. would flail fiendishly in favor <laughs> of follicle... I don't know. Are uh, you F for Fendetta? I, F, F for Fendetta. Uh, yeah, this is this is a wild, wild time, and I would never do this. No, it's just it's a pain for no reason. It could be nice to have a different turn order every turn, but but trying to check it every turn is insane. Yeah, you like, know, I don't know how you do it that otherwise. Would be un- just a pain. It would be a complete pain. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's some way like, not that you'd want this, but if you could just like hit a shuffle button on initiative every turn, you know. And everybody goes a different order. That could be fun, even though I wouldn't want that. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's all the initiative options they post in here. I think we actually discovered kind of a middle ground um, with the... With the... What did we decide? I feel like we came up with something, and now I forgot Dropping what the initiative? Oh, dropping the initiative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, take it, the old third edition rules. Yeah, yeah. But, but only the one time, like at the start of combat kind of thing. Yes, that I accept. Like my initiative... Instead of my initiative being 20, my initiative is anything up to the number I rolled and I decide. And this way it doesn't really affect holding your actions as the game sets, holding, writing an action. Writing an action. Yeah. Yeah. You can still use that. Nobody understands writing an action anyways. Oh my God. It's so simple. So it is so simple, but like what, can I hold a bonus action? No. Can I, I, (laughs) Oh God. You hold an action. Uh, Actually, you probably can't hold a bonus action. Uh, Okay. You, no, Speaking you can't. Of, you cannot. You cannot hold a bonus action. Action as options, per, as per the rules as written. So the section provides new action options for combat. Things like climbing onto a bigger creature. So you want to be like Loss, running up an elephant's leg. Oh, sure. Onto its back, shooting everybody on board, 
and then two in the skull for the elephant sure. while you slide down the trunk. You want to be Monster Hunter World, jumping on the back of the Rathalos and hitting it in the face. Sure. You don't no know problem. anything I just said. Yeah. <laughs> but that's essentially what this allows or makes easier. You know, just treats larger creatures like difficult terrain instead of treating them like, I don't know, a creature. Yeah. That has a will and a mind of its own. But you have to make a grapple check first. Oh, yes. 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 Yeah. Right? Which, if you're small, maybe you're not so great at doing. It, well, I don't think size has anything to do with it. Yeah. If I'm small, I'm probably not, you know, a class is great at grappling. You can't be a halfling with a 20 strength? You can, but I... can, exactly. Yeah, okay, fine. I could be anything with anything, just so you know. Yes. You could even be a boat. (laughs) <laughs> with 20 dexterity. So uh, there are, it basically puts play, rules in place to do the thing you're talking about, being Legolas and climbing up on the thing. Ultimately, to me, it feels unfair to the larger creature. Yeah. Go on. Well, I mean, the, the, the larger creature can't just, like, unless they have a trample ability, they can't just trample something because they're bigger. Why should a smaller thing be able to climb on them just because they are smaller? Well, isn't there an overrun... I guess that doesn't. It only benefits you if you're bigger than small things. Like it's not quite the same, I suppose. Uh, not that I'm aware of. Um, I mean, it's later in this section. Overrun. Oh, oh, the a different optional rule. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I I agree. Uh, that you, this is penalizing larger creatures. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's physics, man. Larger creatures you dare shouldn't exist. We've talked about this before. Don't square cubes your realism into my fantasy. Okay, Uh, I do think if you want to do this, the the larger creature has the ability to knock the smaller creature off. Yeah, Um, swat it like a fucking fly. That should not be an action. Uh, That should be a bonus action. Or just fucking if the larger creature just jumps prone on the ground and rolls like they're on fire and crushes the little bugger. Right. Cause like that'd be hilarious. You can get on top of me and do all sorts of funky things. I shouldn't have to spend my entire action to dislodge you. Yeah. I agree um, with that. Okay. So disarm, this is a fa- a popular one. I... Using your weapon attack to knock a weapon or another item from a target's grasp. So this used to be called sundering once upon a time, but, uh, I, I, I love the idea of specific, classes and specific characters being able to disarm creatures but i despise the idea of everyone being able to do it well the so the attacker makes an attack roll right contested by the target's strength athletics or dexterity acrobatics yes um causing the item to drop the attacker has advantage on its attack roll if the target is holding the item with two or more hands which doesn't make any sense. Makes no sense, right? They should have advantage. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. It. As disadvantage. I read that wrong. It's okay, disadvantage, yeah. two-handed. Advantage if it's larger than the attacking creature. Uh, the target has advantage on its ability check if it's larger than the attacking creature or disadvantage if it's smaller. Sorry, I don't know why I read that now, as advantage. Now, remind me, and I don't... It might just be on my mind, but nowhere does it say that it has to be a melee attack against a weapon, right? Weapon attack. Yeah, just just weapon attack, though. So I can, like, ra- I I can, can use shoot my your hand. To shoot, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's rationale there if I shot you in the wrist and you like reflexively dropped the thing, you know? God, that would be such a hard... That should be such a hard fucking shot. I would agree with you. Possible shot. But these are heroes we're talking about here. That's fine. But there's no negative five to the attack. There's no disadvantage because you're aiming for a specific small target. This, instead this of is the only body. helpful in a narrative sense. This is not helpful in a combat one. Why not? 
I shoot you. I yeah. deal no damage. You drop your item. Okay, and then... My turn. I pick no, up the item. not your turn. And then it's my buddy's turn who picks up your plus three weapon and runs away with it because they're a rogue. I mean, do you know it's a plus three weapon? No. I, it doesn't... Well, if it's a fucking big guy that's doing a lot of damage, I'm going to take his then weapon. Then my big okay. guy has advantage on things he's big guy. You can't knock my shield out of my hand, right? So it, only if you know the item is super important. And again, you no. lined up your turns to work well this way. That no. that's I, I dislike this immensely. I say immensely. This, if it was a narrative item, like you know, I'm the big bad. I'm holding the the tome of blah blah blah, and I'm gonna end the world. And like, okay, I'm gonna use my action to to disarm. That yeah. I like that as a I narrative choice. I hate it. Okay, you hate, I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. What? Okay, why would the monsters? Why, then I'll just throw ten zombies at you, and they'll just constantly be disarming you and kicking your weapon away from you the entire time. Well, I don't you know, think this is clearly the action choice of an intelligent creature. Fine. I have a lich command his 10 okay. zombie people so, to kick his, your weapon away from your, you. Your, That's just an annoying fucking fight the entire time, though. Your position is that certain monsters, certain classes, under the actions part, should have the disarm action, if this was yeah. an option. I, I'm pretty sure the battle master already has it. I'm pretty sure disarming attack is a maneuver that so they can So if I use. went through the, the monster's manual, like, mammoths would not have disarm. Yeah. Dragons probably don't have disarm. Probably but like, a, you know, a roper or something might have disarmed. Might have disarmed, yeah. Um, a, a assassin vine might have disarmed. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, okay. I, I agree with you. Not every creature should be able to disarm, right? Not every hero should be able to disarm. I mean, everybody can try. Should they? I, see, I don't like that. I don't so like that at all. I, what about this? You either have access to the disarm action or you can attempt to do so at disadvantage. Well, I mean, everyone should already have disadvantage, period, on this kind of thing, in my opinion. Or should the other person have advantage on their ability check? Don't they already get advantage in some situations? Only if they're bigger than you. They, this, I know, it's, this already it's is just complicated. I'm glad this rule exists because I want people to look it up. Was like, I, I want to try and disarm them, right? So you can go, okay, cool. Let's go look it up. All right, here's the way this works. But this right. should not be a thing that's being used all the time. I don't. I don't like it. Okay. One okay. out of ten. One, oh, one. One out of ten. Wow. One out of ten. That's impressive. Uh, all right, let's do Mark, and then we'll take a quick break. Uh, Mark, this option makes it easier for melee combatants to harry each other with opportunity attacks. When a creature makes a melee attack, it can also mark its target. Until the end of the attacker's next turn, any opportunity attack it makes against the marked target has advantage. And the opportunity attack doesn't expend the attacker's reaction, but the attacker can't make the attack if anything, such as incapacity condition or shocking grasp, is preventing it from taking reactions. Still limited to only one opportunity attack per turn. Yes. This is stupid as fuck. Yes. Okay. Completely good. agree. Zero out of ten. Like, like <laughs> I, I don't understand how this even makes sense thematically, let alone mechanically. Uh, I mean, if you if you limit it to the first part, I mark you, I get advantage on opportunity attacks against you. There's room for me to understand what you're going for, but you'd have to make it so I can only opportunity attack that person. Bam. That's the perfect. You, you read my fucking mind on that one. Yes, I completely agree. If I spend all of my focus to own, say I'm only going to take opportunity attacks if they arise against Not other reactions, specific, just opportunity attacks. Yeah. It's almost like writing a reaction. Giving kind you of. advantage on it. It's a focused reaction. Yeah. Yes. This 
this is pretty stupid as it's written, though. Otherwise, yeah, I don't like. Yeah, I can get extra opportunity attacks and shit now. Well, you can't get extra opportunity attacks. You well, you can because you can get you can get your opportunity attack against this person, and it doesn't count as your reaction. And then you can get your reaction opportunity attack against no, somebody else. No, you're still else. limited to one opportunity attack per turn. Per turn. Oh, per turn, not per round. So, eh, I don't like it as it as it's written. I think it needs modification. Yes, just boo. just because. Boo all around. <laughs> Okay, boo. Boo Boo this rule. Boo Boo this man. Okay, all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about something very special from our biggest fan. Okay, hi, we're back. Hey, we're going to finish up with chapter nine after a very special. I don't know. Announcements? Not announcement. Yeah, it's it's an announcement. It's, it's a call to action. A call to action. Our number one biggest fan on Twitter on, at onslaught six asked us to do him a favor, and we concur. We agree. Accept. He doesn't need it. It looks like no, but um, but we want to draw attention to uh, see you, space cowboy. <laughs> a sci-fi space bounty hunter jazz fusion role-playing game hashtag ZineQuest. So this I think went up yesterday or two days ago from recording this. It was probably I think it might have been Monday um, this week. So if you're hearing this on Thursday, it's already up, and he's already ma- made his goal of six hundred dollars. Yes, feels yes. low. I feel like six hundred dollars is low. I think what he's trying. I think uh, you know, and and from what I've read in the campaign and what they're trying to accomplish is. His goal was just to have the funds to create and publish, not maybe in paper, but on PDF, the, you know, basics of the game so that people can start playing and then everything else is just adding to his ability to put out more details and more information. Um, But ultimately what it is, is a TTRPG, as we all know and love. Um, Also called a Titterherpica. Yes, the... <laughs> um, but it's it's a much more uh, simplified version. Um, it requires fewer dice rolls. Uh, it's a much more simplified character setup. It's something that players new and old can really hop into and just get to playing. Uh, you know, after you understand what you're doing. But essentially, it's a you know very cowboy bebop, firefly, you know, space outlaw kind of feel, wherein you are a bounty hunter in a group of bounty hunters that are just working their way from place to place trying to get paid and uh from my understanding of the game is it kind of works um similar to not not similar to um but but in the same idea that there's one character that is the dm but isn't the dm i i'm still trying to figure that part out um and i'm sure onslaught six can talk yeah, well, more about we're recording it. this but, on um wednesday he, he uh, actually if you backed it uh, you could play he, tonight doing he is doing a live play yeah. right now. So, yeah, yeah. So, so I go. hope that's going well for them. But um, yeah, if you're into uh, future Western bounty hunter stuff, jazz fusion. Yeah, it, it, Cowboy Bebop, Firefly, Outlaw Star, um, Starfinder, uh, Cyberpunk. If you're into that kind of feel, that kind of world, I think it's worth looking. There's this, plenty of, he's got free stuff on here for you to check out to see if you like it or not. I will. Um, so uh, I'll try to. It. I'll retweet this information out before the show <clears throat> publishes tomorrow. 
but you can just go to Kickstarter and look for C C U comma space cowboy onslaught six. There it is. He's got over a hundred backers already. So yeah, he's got it out there. People are responding well. And yeah, I figure what if there's a hundred ish backers, uh fifteen hundred bucks, that's what fifteen bucks a pop. Everybody's donated between ten and fifteen dollars, yeah. Yeah. Lots of so. lots of people. So congratulations already meeting his goal. I would yeah. recommend you all check it out. Um, well done. All right. Let's move on. We didn't get paid to do that. We're just doing that because the nicety of our we like the guy hearts. Yeah, he, by the way. he talks to us. and We talk to him, and uh, you know, always got to support the little guy. Out if there. you have not followed us on Instagram on Salt Six, you should do so for Till's sake. It, you know, hey, how's news... that newsletter coming along? Hey, <laughs> hey, now that I've got a forum on which to post it, maybe it'll happen. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait for that newsletter. You know, here we are, episode <clears throat> ninety-one, and. Uh, <laughs> I don't see any fancy items for me in the future just for creating this newsletter. So we'll see. We'll see. Okay. All right. Let's uh let's wrap this this baby up. I need we? a helm of prismatic spray if I'm gonna Never again am I giving you that <laughs> fucking studded helmet. You thing. didn't give me that. Yeah, what's you know, um Oh the helm of brilliance the is helm an of actual brilliance. item. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's... had it would what's his name had it? Uh, yeah, no, Coolman had it. Yeah. Coolman had it. Yeah. But I only had two uses of it. I just used one to great effect. All right. All right. Moving on. Overrun. Uh, Three green and three colorless to give all of your creatures plus three plus three and trample until end of turn. I'm so glad that you actually remember that. (laughs) I feel like you haven't played magic in a lot. I actually, I think it might be two green and three colorless. Uh, It might be two green, three colorless. Overrun. I feel like it's five total. Oh, two colorless, three green. Oh, so close. I knew, I, I knew it was five. I thought five was the number. So close. Um, but yeah, plus three, plus three, and trample for all creatures. Man, so, yeah. that's a pretty good card. You know, it, it, you don't, you don't get to play it often. When you play it, it's a game winner. I used to, when I first played uh, Magic, I ran a Sapperling deck, and that, of course, oh yeah, any, obviously, it's it's a token. Sapperling deck. Oh, I've got twenty-one ones. Yeah, you could probably take care of them until. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, but then I counterspell, and it's done. So. Uh, and then I just played again because I've got more than one bitch. Yeah, but counterspell costs two mana. <laughs> That's your whole yeah. turn. Anyways, no. anyways. Uh, when a creature tries to move through a hostile creature's space, the mover can try to force its way through by overrunning the hostile creature by making a strength check contested by the hostile creature's strength check. Yep. That's it, really, right? If so, you're bigger, you have advantage. If you're smaller, you have disadvantage. I, uh, the next three things we're going to talk about, I love them. I, I, I want them in the game, and I will probably be adding them to the game because I think they make sense. Does that include being the f- overrunning? Overrunning being the yeah. first one. Um, I think it makes sense. The one thing I would say in this, it calls for a uh, bonus action to do this. I think it should be an action. Well, overrun. it says as an action or a bonus action. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely I would definitely make it an action over the bonus action because um, I feel like this is going to take legitimate effort. But You don't think I this don't should just be part of the move action? To... No. No, I really? don't. No, this requires more effort than just moving. You know, this is beyond difficult terrain. This is something directly opposing you trying to get past it. Okay. Something something is opposing me. So, so yeah. I if would you definitely... win, you can move through the hostile creature space once this turn. Yes. And I, I think that makes sense. I don't see why that hasn't been a thing already. I mean, if you're large enough and they're small enough, you shouldn't have to make this check anyways. If you're small and I am gargantuan... I don't need to make the overrun check. I just walk over you. Well, yes. And no. Is that a rule as written? 
I don't think it is, but I think we could all understand so that if, it should be. Well, that. I mean, yes, it should. But if I've got a line of five halflings blocking, you know, the 25 foot pass and this gargantuan creature I just walk over you. I, I know that makes sense. Halflings have the ability to walk, to move through enemy spaces. Yes, if exactly. they're one that size is a larger halfling than them. ability, but larger creatures don't, I don't know. I that's just why walk I, over you. I just, just overrun them. Just, that's what I'd prefer is you to make the check to overrun them. Okay. What about shoving aside? Again, same idea. In fact, I'm even more on board with this one than I was with the overrun. It, just like a normal shove action, but you said push them to the side instead of straight back. But since this action is obviously more difficult because you have more forward momentum when you're just pushing straight forward as opposed to pushing someone to the side and then moving forward, you get disadvantage on the action. It makes all the sense in the world to me. I am all for it. Do it. So... <clears throat> creature uses the special shove attack from the player's handbook to force the target to the side rather than away. So it's just modifying an existing thing you can already do. Yes. Yep. Exactly. If the check is successful, the attacker moves the target five feet to a different space within reach. Mm -hmm. And again, if I force somebody out of my threatened area, that does not provoke an opportunity attack. 100% accurate. Yeah. I think this, this makes sense. This should be an option, right? I can already shove things. Yeah. So why not? Why not? All right, here's your favorite one, though. Bring it back! This is the tumble action. Bring it back! A creature can try to tumble through a hostile creature's space, ducking and weaving past the opponent as an action or a bonus action. Make a dex acrobatics check contested by the hostile creature's dex acrobatics check. If the tumbler wins, it moves through the space. Love it. So this is just the dex version of Overrun. Exactly, and... I think that acrobatics gets used so infrequently in a game. I love for there to be an extra use for it. I agree. Tumbling used to be a, a skill. A it was it was a skill you used to do it. It wasn't a tumble skill. It was like I, I called on you to do some check. I don't remember which one. No, no, tumble was the actual skill in third edition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Tumble. Oh, okay. You're right. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about making the opponent make a acrobatics check. That thing I didn't understand. I don't understand why they would make an acrobatics check against you. Because they're trying to like block you. I guess. They should be allowed to make an acrobatics or athletics. Right. If I'm looking at American football. Yeah. And I'm the, the running back. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to like juke a guy, right? To get around him. Mm-hmm. He he's trying to move and block me, but if he's just big and solid and just clotheslines me, right? Mm -hmm. Then I'm not really going to do so hot. Yes. So I think maybe you should, as the defender, the hostile, have maybe an option. I agree. Strength um, or dex to oppose the. Acrobatics. Or the or this should be a thing with fixed numbers based on the size of the hostile creature. I think that's how it used to be. It, it was. Uh, there, yeah. Yeah. You used to have to hit a DC to tumble past certain things. It was only like ten or something though. So. I think yeah, I think it was ten for just like baseline. Then cre other creatures had certain like things, yeah. like uh, like alert would give you a bonus to it. I think and things like that. So you're a big fan of tumble. I love tumble. Big I fan of it. tumble. Yep, huge fan. Ten um, out of ten. I'm there's a there's a fragment of song in my head tumbling. Um, tumbling tumbleweed baby. Something tumbling. Okay, there's there's actually way too many more things for us to get through. Um, there's not that many more. Hitting cover. 
If you miss with a ranged attack, you could hit the cover that somebody I... has instead. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I don't like it. <laughs> if you if you miss with the attack, you determine if you would have possibly hit the protected cover's AC if it falls within a range low enough to miss the target but high enough to strike the cover the object used for cover is struck. How does if, this work when the cover is a creature? If a creature providing cover, if a creature is providing cover for the missed creature and the attack roll exceeds the AC of the covering creature, the covering creature is hit. I don't like that. At I all. like it. I don't like that at all. I love it. So can you hit your friends? Yes. Then no. Friendly then fire, no. baby. No. The already the person already gets the bonus to the AC. Why are, so their AC is higher and you can hit the other thing? I'm gonna I go know. into the menu, go into settings, turn on friendly fire. I mean that no, that's and I'm fine with friendly fire. That I'm not opposed to. But the idea that then the other creature, the covered creature, shouldn't get the bonus to the AC if you can hit something in front of it. it what do you be, mean? That makes total I, sense. I, no, I agree with them, but I hate the idea that you can hit the cover instead. I hate it. But that's exactly what co- that's how you get the bonus to the AC. I can hit the cover instead. Yes. Yes, you could. Or you're maybe aiming higher and shit. I don't know. That's it, how I get the eighth. Yes, but it's both of those things. That's how I get the bonus of my AC. I could possibly hit the table or the goblin that's in the way or the giant or the whatever it is. Yeah, this is not a good idea. You just don't like think. anything that makes your life as a PC harder, such as lingering injuries. I'm to a. You can play this as a DM too. I'm she. I, I promise you. In the every in the scenarios I run, more often than not, there are more enemies than heroes in a fight. If, to balance shit out. So the odds of the enemies hitting themselves are higher than the heroes hitting the heroes. If somebody so if has cover, this, that's fine. And the attacker critically fails, right? That's that's a perfect opportunity to hit the covering creature instead. Well, if you critically fail, there's no way you're going to hit anything. But uh, like that that's the kind of moment that somebody would get hit on accident, you know. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's bring it's not in here. Let's bring back the fumble chart. All right. Um cleaving through creatures. If you want cleave, make it a feat. That's all I gotta say. On uh, this. this is this is pretty good though, right? No. When a melee attack reduces an undamaged creature to zero, any excess damage from the attack might carry over to another creature. The attacker targets another creature within reach, and the original attack roll, if the original attack roll hit, applies any remaining damage to it. If that creature was undamaged and dies, repeat this process. You, you, you just swing the sword wide the and you take the head off of that goblin, that goblin, that goblin, that goblin, that goblin. Make it a feat. Simple as that. You don't think you don't think you think this needs to be a feat? Yep. I don't think it's good enough to be a feat. Cleave was a feat for a very long time. I know, time. but I don't think this is good enough to be a feat. Well, I think it's fine. You have to have an undamaged creature go to yeah. zero. Okay. So this isn't good enough to be a feat. Hey, I, I think it's bad all around. So this is only this is only applying to when I am strong enough to yeah. one shot tiny creatures. Yeah. It just I, encourages murder hoboing, and I don't like that. Oh, okay. I don't You're think this is a problem. You're by a mob this, of people, and you is, start killing them. This is kind droves. of fun. I like, actually. It's, it's silliness. Okay, fine. Uh, lingering injuries is the next one. We're nope. not going to do that. Passed. Next. So let's just do the last two, which is massive damage and morale. Yep. Massive damage. Uh, optional world makes it easier to be felled by massive damage. When a creature takes damage from a single source equal to or greater than half its hit point maximum, con save or suffer a random effect determined below dropping to zero hit points dropping to zero but stable stunned can't take reactions um can't take reactions and disadvantage and attack rolls and ability checks so you get system shock if i hit you really hard 
see, that's where that, that phrase right there is where it's wrong. You don't even have to hit them really hard. At low levels, this would be such a detriment to characters. Like, I don't know how anyone makes it past third level with this kind of rule in place. Uh, well, you a know. A wizard has, what, seven, eight health? In they take four damage. They have massive damage. Yes. You know how frail wizards are? No, that's that. There'd be no point in playing at low levels then. Like, I don't know how you get out of them. Okay. So a kobold with a fucking sling could do massive damage. What about higher levels? Again, so there used to be the very simple rule. What was it? Like 50 plus damage from a single source Correct. you would take? That makes sense to me. Because if you take 50 plus damage at low levels, you're dead anyway. So that makes sense. Dead AF. And at higher levels, if you take 50 plus damage, that's that's a hit that might actually have an effect on you. So I'd say bring that back. And as it stands, if you take enough damage to kill you and do half of your hit point maximum on top of that, you're just dead. Uh, no, no, I think it's back to your total. I think it's take you to zero and then hit your hit point maximum. You're dead. Pretty sure it's half your hit point maximum. Either way, there's already rules in place to instantly kill you. Yes. Um. So do we need this death mask? I like the notion that if I hit you hard enough, something something bad happens, but that, you're totally correct. That I don't disagree with. Like, I think there should be something for that, but... But it is, and it's, it's it's a con saving throw, right? So there's a chance, but it's DC 15. Um, there's a chance the wizard doesn't get shocked. Yeah, very small chance. All right, you don't like it. It, it I, I think that massive damage can be a thing, but not the way they have it here. Okay. Do you have a? thought about I, I, I still I, I liked the 50 plus damage from back in third edition days I think that is a good number I think that number makes sense so you're so what you're telling me is the audience should be shocked that you like something from third edition no I'm saying that not everything was great then but some things made sense and then they changed them how dare they change things so okay last one morale so this is for NPCs and monsters yeah um, this is rules where an NPC or monster might run away if the fight's turning against them. So if a creature is surprised, or mm -hmm. if it has taken down to half health, or if it has no way to hurt the opposing side, you would make wisdom saving throws for the creature's leader. And if you, whatever, failed, failed save, the affected creature or group flees by the most expeditious route. If escape is impossible, they surrender. I mean... I think this rule's fine for like a new DM, somebody that's never done it before and doesn't know how to run a combat scenario. But anybody that has any kind of experience or any kind of good DM would just know thematically when to do this. That's, most DMs should be doing this yeah. in a way, anyways. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you're, you're again, to say it again, your stone golem, he's not running away. He doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't need, it, you know, or any kind of elemental isn't going to run away. They're just going to fight because that they have a two intelligence and they'll reappear they on their home plane anyways they yeah, don't care they don't care so but your 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 elf your drow they're going to be smart enough to back down get re, you know reinforcements come back kill you yeah they'll have that you know misty step in their back pocket to get away real fast or right. you know whatever so this this is just making rules for something people should be doing anyways yeah i think it's i think it's a fine rule for somebody that's new to the game and doesn't understand that they can have bad guys run away like not every fight is a fight to the death yes i agree um, okay, we got through all of chapter nine, and we're at our we're you know forty two ish minutes here, anyways. So I know you want to do some chapter eight stuff. But we're gonna have to save it. 
oh, they're so little. Uh, okay, can we throw in some like xanthars or something with it next time? Sure, Make we can fun? do it. We can do it later, baby. Okay. We can do it next time. Okay, we'll do it next time. All right. Make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Feel free to send us topics you want to hear about or your D&D rants at rwdpodcast, no underscore, at gmail.com. Go check out Onslaught 6's Twitter and his Kickstarter. See you, Space Cowboy. And as always, we will see you next time. You should have saved it for after I said that. No, because I always say till then at the end. Okay. Is that your till then? Yes. Till then. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you.